0: I learned kind of from them what I was willing to do and not willing to do, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, knowing that we would always open up our home for anyone. And if a child were in need, that we would take them in and could. I think my husband would still make an amazing father. He's an excellent uncle, right? Mm-hmm. But having that decision to move forward without children, uh, I wasn't really... I still really raw about it for at least a decade at least you know I think um just a few years ago when we went through that class and we started talking through all the tools that's when it hit me like oh I didn't grieve for this loss Mm
1: -hmm. I
0: didn't take the time to think about what this meant for me or as an individual versus just us as a couple.
1: Hello and welcome to Labor Pains Podcast. I am your host, Teresa Reiniger. I am so glad that you are here. If you are here for the very first time, welcome. I am so glad that you have found me. If you have been with me before, a huge welcome back to you. This podcast is a place, it's a platform where I have been spreading awareness, connecting and supporting those that have experienced the struggles of infertility or loss of a child during pregnancy or infancy. We talk about feeling alone, isolated, the grief, and where to find support. I hold space here where professionals share how they can support you and those that have personally have experienced infertility or loss can share their stories to connect and give support to others. Your healing and happiness is very important to me. My listeners and clients have shared that they feel like they are not sure what to do. Their relationships are hard. They're feeling alone and isolated, feeling like no one understands and their needs are not being heard. I hear you, I see you, and we talk about them. We're spreading awareness and giving you a voice If hope and healing is what you're looking for, you have come to the right place.
2: Hi, Terry. Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Labor Pains Podcast. I'm so glad that you're able to join me today. Thank you for having me. You're so welcome. We've known each other for a little bit, Um, and but I don't know your whole... Journey, um, what you, what the plan was. I know you struggled with infertility. I do know that. And mm-hmm. so I'm excited for the listeners to hear and for me to hear what your journey was all about and how that all played out for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before we do that, I would love for you to share who is this beautiful woman named Terry. <laughs>
0: Well, thank you, beautiful friend. Uh, yeah. um, I'm still trying to figure that out, right? I'm, yeah. I've am i been on a journey of trying to figure that out for some time. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and I should say, uh, I would tell people that I am a wife, a sister, I was a daughter. I, um, I am an aunt and I'm a dog mom to two lovely mm-hmm. little dogs that we just adopted, Broccoli and Louie. So I'm very (laughs) proud to have them. And um, I'm a career person. So I've been really wrapped up in my career uh, for maybe just over 20 years, if you will. And I am trying to find out who I am now outside of that.
2: Okay. Yeah. Outside of the career. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think a lot of times I'm glad that you said that because a lot of times we define ourselves by those those titles and our job. Like they're we think they are who we are, but we know that it's not. It's deeper to, to be able to discover who we really are. Um, so yeah, so I do know that you struggle with infertility. Um, if you would share with the audience. Um, how that started did you want to sure. be a mom and I know the answer to that so share, <laughs> with, so share with us
0: yes share with us about definitely um, again long journey my husband and I didn't meet until we were later in our 20s and we got married when like it's a month between, before I turned 30 mm. and we thought okay we'll be married a couple of years and then we'll really start trying to have kids we weren't preventing having children or anything, but um, not focused on that, right? Mm-hmm. Building our life together, trying to figure out who we were, again, building careers. And I think when I was 32, we started trying to have children pretty actively. Mm-hmm. And um, I I knew I had some birth defects from um, issues that I had when I was born, and I knew by that, like I had some issues with, um, the shape of my, my cervix and the, you know, my uterus that I might not be able to carry a, a baby to full term. Okay. So I was seeing a special, a special, uh, GYN from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And I saw him for probably, I mean, from the time I turned 18, I was seeing this individual, um, OBGYN and he was great. Um, But then when we started to have kids or tried to have children and everything, I found that there were other medical things that were probably going on that I didn't even know about. Mm -hmm. So um, the first time I miscarried, I was at my office. I worked at a small ad agency and incidentally worked with mostly men. Mm -hmm. And it was very unlike me to want to leave in the middle of the day and just Mm -hmm. have to rush out. And I, I remember just blurting out to my boss that, you know, I think I'm miscarrying and he just freaked out. Right. He's just like, "Go get out of here. (laughs) Whatever you're going to do. And I ended up, um, I miscarried. It was pretty early on in the pregnancy. um, But it was still pretty traumatic. Right. I had to have a DNC. I had to be on bed rest for three days. Uh, And then when I came back, you know, again, I stayed at this agency thinking he's a family man, you know, He's gonna be really good about, you know, us having children because he's so family oriented and things like that. And I came back and he cut me to part-time. Almost like the day I came back from my bed rest and told me that wow. maybe the stress of the job would uh was keep preventing me from having children. If I was serious, I should maybe go home and basically have babies. And my husband, I know it was, I mean, I say it in jest right now, but it's all like kind of tied together, right? Like who we are and who we think we are and, uh, the roles and the careers and the family people, all those things are so tied together. And I think it took me until I was well into my forties to figure that out. Mm. Right. And I didn't have the tools to adapt or, um, work through this, maybe the way I would do it now. Right? Okay. So hopefully, you know, I, I, I tell you this all the time, Teresa, when we met, you know, we were in a class together and I, I stopped you and said, if I would add someone like you 10 years ago, my life would look very different than it does today. Mm-hmm. And I still fully believe that. So mm-hmm. I'm very well, um, blessed to be friends with you and to understand like what your journey is and with your podcast and everything, um, mm-hmm. because I do believe that you have the right tools to help people. And I'm hoping my story helps as well. Mm, Um, I know it (laughs) will. It will. Yeah. So as I discussed, that's the first of um, three known miscarriages, right? But probably others along the way that were just too early on to detect or I hadn't taken a pregnancy test yet. Kind of struggled for a couple months, right? My husband was laid off at the time. I got cut to part-time. So our focus kind of pivoted to how do we keep ourselves afloat? And we did figure it out, right? Financially, we got it together, you know, Um, in just a few short months, we were back on track. And I got pregnant again. And that time, again, it was early on, my sister's like, don't take the pregnancy test, Terry. don't take it. It's, you know, if you think, you know, because I I felt kind of weird, right? Like, am I just, am I pregnant? Am I going to start my period? Like, you know, we know our bodies pretty well. And I was like, sure. well, I, I think I'm pregnant, but I'm like, you know, she gave, me, she told me not to take the pregnancy test. I took the test. My husband got really, <laughs> my husband got very excited and he, you know, we were both very disappointed, you know, soon after. Mm-hmm. But the, I think the, the third one was the, the big one for me. And mm-hmm. I was probably right about the time you would start telling people you're pregnant right so was that like 12 weeks maybe 13 yeah yeah and um I started hemorrhaging in the middle of the night I Uh. remember this it was on a Sunday night we're sleeping right Mm -hmm. in the middle of the night I get up and it's it was it was bad I went in and I took a shower and I went to Walgreens and um I I felt bad my husband was still sleeping I didn't wake him up or anything you know I just Mm. and my um my sister ended up taking me to the doctor the next day because my husband had a a job and he couldn't leave work, you know, to go with me or whatever. So my sister ended up taking me to the OBGYN and they put me on progesterone and did not put me on estrogen or any other um, hormones at the same time. And I continued to bleed because I was already anemic and didn't know that I was Mm. anemic. Right. And I called their office on Thursday because I'm like, you know, this was Sunday when it started Thursday. Mm-hmm. I, I was just like, this isn't right. Something's wrong. And they're like, Oh, you got to give it some time. Well, mm-hmm. by Saturday, you know, my husband had been working overtime. He came home on Saturday and he took one look at me and he's just like, no, we're going to the hospital right now. And he basically carried me into the ER. Mm-hmm. I had to have blood transfusions. Um, I almost died really. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I had so little blood that I thought that the high school across the street, that the, the band was playing, like the drums were going, I'm like, they've been playing all day. Like, I don't understand. And my husband just like, yeah, you're not thinking clearly this isn't okay. You know? So uh-huh. he took me to the hospital. Um, a different doctor saw me and said that, you know, she would have treated me differently, you know, again, estrogen and progesterone together versus mm-hmm. just the, just the progesterone. And I get, you know, I healed. I got back on track. I went home and my husband sat down with me and he said, I, I don't think I want to do this anymore. And he said, um, as much as I want to have a family with you, you know, I don't want to see you die for this. This isn't, you know, we can be okay on our own. And I need you to know that. And I it was like, ooh, <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, yeah. okay. Well, and so the doctors then wanted me to go get genetic testing. And money-wise and all the other things, you know, yeah. having that discussion with him, we decided not to go down the path of genetic testing or to try to get pregnant again. You know, mm. I had friends going through um in vitro and it wasn't okay. working for them. And they had oh. like mortgaged their home and a lot of different things and they were having a different kind of trauma at the same time my friend was my same age you know her husband was a little bit older than us and i just was like okay yeah maybe we just need to just step completely out of it what i didn't do though because i didn't have the tools and i didn't know is really deal with it and grieve right mm-hmm. i was just like okay well i'm a career person now i'm just going to go into my job and you know knock it out and i did i I dove in. I, I mean, I switched companies. I, grew like, climbed the corporate ladder. I, you know, I won awards. Mm-hmm. Did all the things, and I still mm-hmm. wasn't feeling fulfilled. And simultaneously, what was happening is I was taking care of my nieces and nephews. Obviously, you know, I, I still had children, a lot of children in my life. Um, my siblings together. There, I have three siblings. And they have uh, 10 biological children and two adopted children amongst them. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I um, I would watch them a lot and take care of them. You know, uh, we were surrounded by that. Sure. When we were in um, a certain class, like, and I started to, like, realize, like, oh, my gosh, I haven't dealt with any of this stuff. My body was holding on to all the trauma. And um, the instructor kind of let me see. Some of these things that like maybe mindset wise, yes, I wanted to have children, but I either didn't believe I could from the very beginning of time or (laughs) or um, didn't know if I really wanted to have children. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that kind of um, switch and that was more of how I was raised versus what I was raised to believe. I don't know if I'm saying that the right way or uh, making sense. And um, so just releasing that, having that discussion and releasing those emotions tied to being a failure for not being able to give my husband Mm. a a child, um, being a failure for being the only one in my family not to reproduce, if you will, um, especially surrounded by so many children, right? Mm -hmm. But the other thing I found also is that I was already doing all the things like school clothes shopping with my good friend, Dawn, (laughs) and her daughter. And I was, you know, like trying to convince Dawn, oh, you know, she needs her ears pierced. You know, she, you know, (laughs) I, you know, like kind of being the honorary aunt in places where I, you know, that it wasn't normal to be, but my friends opened that up to me willingly, you know, like w- without even any thought, right. Like not even acknowledging it that I was doing all those things. Right. Oh yeah. Joel needs these new shoes. I saw that they were on sale, you know, <laughs> whatever. Um, but so I, I think recognize like going through that process and seeing that it wasn't a failure. It was a learning, right. And it was learning about me. And I can be a fulfilled human being with or without children. Um, we did discuss adopting my, my brother and my sister-in-law. They adopted uh, a brother and sister, if you will. They had three mm-hmm. children of their own and adopted siblings. And it was, it, some parts were like so fulfilling and some parts were really hard, right? Mm-hmm. So I learned kind of from them what I was willing to do and not willing to do, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, knowing that we would always open up our home for anyone, and if a child were in need, that we would take them in and could, I think my husband would still make an amazing father. He's an excellent uncle, right? Mm-hmm. But having that decision to move forward without children, uh, I wasn't really, I was still really raw about it for at least a decade, at least. You know, I think um, just a few years ago when we went through that class and we started talking through all the tools, that's when it hit me like, oh, I didn't grieve for this loss. Mm
1: -hmm. I
0: didn't take the time to think about what this meant for me or as an individual versus just us as a couple, even, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: You, you know, so knowing that you have tools for people, um, I, I mean, I encourage everyone to kind of lean into those tools, lean into the grief, think about what you're willing to do and not do, and mm-hmm. know that you can have a fulfilling life with or without, you know, giving birth to a child. Yeah. yeah. Wow.
2: Girl, <laughs> you've been through. You've been through it. I think um, what's interesting is that, because a lot of times what people say when people are struggling with infertility is two things. Um, Why don't you do IVF, you know? And you saw how that was with a friend that wasn't Mm -hmm. working for them. And Mm -hmm. it doesn't work for everyone. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, why don't you adopt? There's all these other children that need homes. And you saw that adoption is not the right answer for everyone either. It is both of those things are difficult. They mm-hmm. you go through a difficult process. And financially, both of them um, could could be difficult for a household. They're both financially, they cost money, you know, even adoption. Yes, these kids all need homes, but Mm -hmm. there are a lot of rules, regulations, and processes that have to go, we have to go through as a society. And of course, we want all of those because we want to protect those children. So I'm not saying Mm -hmm. that society should get rid of all of those regulations and those financial pieces of that no we need those and to just say that it's not as easy as people
0: yeah it's not it's not the easy (laughs) answer for sure it's (laughs) not not. and we did look into you know i worked for a catholic health system here um, Mm -hmm. in missouri and they have adoption assistance it's one of the benefits and i encourage people to look into that as well because there are a lot of children that do need help and do need homes Mm -hmm. um my, my brother and my sister-in-law were foster parents before they adopted. Right. Mm -hmm. But there, you know, when you're already, to me, we were already mentally fatigued. We were already financially fatigued in our process before that, that, that step would have hit. Right. So and that's kind of why we took that, like that look. And for a while I regretted it. Right. Well, maybe Mm -hmm. I should have tried IVF. Maybe I should have you know, gone to the geneticist. Maybe I, you know, and I felt a lot of guilt, mm. right? Mm. Um, Especially in, you know, um, my husband's uh, brother is five years younger. So when they started having children and I saw John mm. with them, wasn't it a jealousy thing? It was like, a, oh, he, you know, he doesn't have what his brother has, right? You know, me, mm. like then feeling guilty about Is he fulfilled enough? And and Mm -hmm. the answer is yes, he is. And he would say that. (laughs) I can't really answer for him. (laughs) He said, yes, I am. But um, but you know, it's never, you know, knowing it was my my body, you know, that was the issue, kind of, you know, led to my guilt and I that extra, I don't want to say trauma, but it is kind of traumatic, right?
2: Yeah. you know. well, And with you saying that, are you 100% sure it was your body and not a combination? Was there testing done? I mean, there are many times yeah. that it's male and female factor could be a piece of that. Um, so I'm just saying that because I don't want you to take all of that <laughs> on yourself because right. it, it sounds like you didn't know.
0: Right. i and I assumed, I think, with okay. my other health condition and what I already knew about my body. But you're exactly right. That's exactly why they wanted us to go to the geneticist yeah. and to see the specialist um to check both of us, right? Right. And um so it it may not be all on my shoulders, but up in the past, up until now, that's yeah. I shouldered it, right? You did. And I think you did. as women, we always do, to be Correct. honest. Um, Correct. We do. Not to speak for everyone, but we do. We do that a lot with a lot of things, Um, Mm -hmm. especially when it comes to, you know, having children.
2: Yes. Yes. So you never really discovered, never went that far to discover Mm -hmm. why the losses. Okay. Um, And a lot of times, even now, you know, the doctors won't do anything until you've had three losses which of mm-hmm. course I could go on a whole big rampage about that um, because of the trauma that happens with each of those losses. I really don't understand why um, we decide the society decides the insurance company, the doctors or whatever, decide that we need to put a woman through three losses, three traumas before we do anything. But like I said, I could go on a total rampage with <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, me too. I don't, do, I, I think there's a lot of things that they wait too long to do, wait too long to assess, wait, mm-hmm. wait yeah. for, for what purpose I, you know, for what outcome. Right. Yeah. Right.
2: And I, and I wanted to just um, say this, that even though I know there was a lot of regret of, of a lot of things, I, I want to just give you kudos for um, far being okay with not physically, um, I guess, this is the thing, biologically or or anything, being a mother. Because I know that every woman that lives on this earth is Earth is a mother. She <laughs> cares for so many people. Mm -hmm. And so every mother, and you are a mother. I mean, you lost three children. You are a mother. And it's hard for other people to see that as a woman that has had loss is a mother. Mm
0: -hmm. And people are insensitive. So I thank Mm -hmm. you for saying that, but people are insensitive, especially when you're going through it. Uh, I found that people, you know, and I'm sure I'm the same way, right? we don't always know what the right words to say when Mm -hmm. someone suffers a loss of any kind, especially that. And I, I did get a lot of, um, you know, have you thought about adoption or are you going to try IDF or my friend did this or my, you know, read this book and stood on her head or like, you know, all the, all
2: the, (laughs) all the advice,
0: (laughs) all the advice that you didn't ask for, um, or you get the, well, you wouldn't understand because you're not a mom, you know, that, those were the hard parts. And I think for anyone that chooses not to have children too, um, finding, you know, like you surround yourself with different people at different parts of your life. Mm-hmm. And some of my friends invited us to the birthday parties anyway. They're like, yeah, we're having a petting zoo come over, you know, and some of them were like, well, we didn't think you wanted to be around our kids because we don't want to be around our kids. Or it was yeah. like, well, you know, like they wanted like adult yeah. way and thought, Oh, well, they don't have kids. So they don't want to be around my kids. I got that a lot. And what was the other weird thing? It was like, um, Oh, well, we didn't want you to have to buy a gift for our child or whatever, since you don't have any. And I'm like, mm. really guys, I think, you know, it, it gets hard to mm. feel Hurtful. excluded. Yeah. And hurt, and hurt. And I mean, close friends didn't do that. Right. But like, it's your, you know, you get married all at the same time. Everybody goes to college around the same time. And like when people start to have children, that's when people either like, you know, kind of start with the mops groups and, and things like that. You find a different tribe. So Mm -hmm. I struggled with that a little bit of finding a different tribe, finding the right people to surround myself yeah. with at the right moments. Um, so I encourage people to think about that. You know, if it is hurting you, tell them it hurts you. Tell them you do want to go to the party or the petting zoo or that you will babysit or, you know what I mean? Or or tell them you don't, you don't want to. Yeah. You know, I think being honest with your friends and your family members, I think is key to part of that and being okay and being okay. you know, also I, I don't think I was so okay at first. Right. And yeah, I'm sure you weren't. No, I I mean, you know, I thought I was, thought I was, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. when I started working on me and getting back into things, you don't know what your life is going to look like either. You know, after I went through that trauma, my husband got very sick with a heart condition. Mm -hmm. My mother was very ill. So I was taking care of them to your point, you know, we're all like women, especially or caregivers. You know, we do take care of everyone. We do mother people. And um, how different life would be had we had kids when those things were happening. And mm. I was working 60 hours a week at my career job, right? Mm. No, one, yeah. no one can physically keep up with that. Right. So you don't know what your next 10, 15, 20 years are going to look like at all. Yeah. Um, a decision you make. In your mid thirties, you could change your mind in two two years. No one knows.
2: Sure. Yeah, you know.
0: Yeah, I think it's okay with making the decision and being okay to make a different decision later if you need to. Yeah,
2: yeah. And I I just want to kind of share with you a little bit. You may not know this. Um, and the the listeners, I think I've shared this before with them, but with my last pregnancy, my fifth pregnancy, which ended up. In a loss, um, my husband was really the first one that said after you know the DNC and all of the things. Um, he's the one that said to me first, "I can't do this anymore," and um, I wasn't anywhere like you, like almost lost my life, wasn't that? But just for I think a man to say to their wife. I can't mm-hmm. do this, this is difficult, this is emotionally hard, it's hard mm-hmm. to watch their wife um, going through that,
0: so that's And it's huge. a loss for them too, it it's is. huge, it is. and people, it is. Yeah. you know, I don't know about your husband, but when they're stoic like that, you know, or they're trying to like be tough for you or strong for you, they don't always, you know, like show the emotion, it's a loss for them too.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And for your husband to lose three children and then almost lose you, I mean, yeah, yeah. he probably um, might have also had a little regret, like maybe we should have done more of that to watch that happen for a man mm-hmm. and then to tell you, you know, all of that. Yeah, um, it is a loss for them. And for them to, to say that, you know, he was hurting a lot and same with, same with my husband, you know? And so when he said it, you know, I was thinking sort of it, but when he said it, like we have three daughters, um, you know, of course I always wanted like you, like I wanted to give him not just Mm. a child like your husband, but a son. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's like okay. I guess we're we're not gonna do that. You know, but we have plenty of nephews. <laughs> like, I know, right? Like you your husband, there's always plenty of those.
0: So. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, it's too funny. It was Like we were with my niece over Easter, and she said, "You know, there's only two uh, girls on his side of the family." And she looked at me and she said, "Wait a minute, wait." She's nine. You know, she's like, "Wait a minute, wait." You have. Other nieces and nephews. And I'm like, yeah, I have like 12 nieces and nephews on my side of the family. She's like, how come I haven't met any of these people before? You know, like (laughs) she's just too cute. She's just so like, I'm like, well, you have. You just didn't realize that, you know. Oh,
2: how sweet. How sweet that is. And yeah, I, I, um, it is not easy to make a decision. To not have children, you know, yeah. um, and but there are a lot of women. I give you great courage, uh, great kudos, I should say, and it's great courage that you share that that you, as a couple, decided that you were not going to have children. That is especially with women to 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 just speak those words really. Um, because we are so nurturing and we're so mothering to, to make that decision, I know, was not easy and totally get why there was, you know, doubt
0: and regret mm-hmm. for a long, for a long time. Probably. Yes, definitely. It's not an easy decision. And I think everybody's story is different, right? Everyone's decision is their own decision. um, But he helped me you know what I mean? Just him saying, you know, like you said, your husband, you know, that loss was more profound for him than I thought that, yeah. you know, it wasn't just happening to me. It wasn't just my decision um, really helped me.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I would also encourage any listeners to think about when they, when they look at their friends and, and um, you know, people choose not to have children. Uh, they say, oh, well, you know, they didn't want children or that. Mm. That's a,
2: sensi-
0: that's a sens- sensitivity button for me. Yes. Yeah. Well, we wanted children, but we didn't have them. You know, I yeah. think uh, I always rephrase it. I stop people even, you know, sometimes Good. strangers are like, oh, you didn't want to have kids, you know, or like, oh, that's not, you know, or the first question is like, how many children do you have? Mm. I like, I have, you know, none just, we're double income, no kids, we're dinks. I get a joke about it, but it's, you know, I, I, I try to stri- set people straight so that other people don't hear that maybe the next time. Yeah, I, and, and I love that you do that because I think it is important for us
2: as a society to be sensitive to that, um, that there were, like in your case, Um, And really, everyone that I know that have chosen to not have children, I would say 95, maybe higher than that, chose that because they couldn't. There was loss. They never, ever became pregnant and never prevented pregnancy um, or there was loss, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think people... Um, need to be very sensitive to that, you know, Mm -hmm. or they'll say, "I'm sure you probably heard well. Oh, I guess you wanted this great career or whatever, so no children, Mm -hmm. you know." And it's like, "No, I'm doing this career Mm -hmm. because of
0: yeah." Well, and I hid in mine. I hid in my career. I realized that in my, you know, like my finding myself phase, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. I was a workaholic and stressed out Mm -hmm. and unhealthy. And it was because I was hiding. I was hiding from the loss and the stress of my personal life of, you know, my family's illness of, you know, not having children, you know, all the things. Mm -hmm. And I think we assume a lot of times people, we assume a lot about each other. I will say that, right? Not just that they didn't want to have children or she's a career girl and that's why she didn't have children or she waited too long or, you know, it's always she, she, she. And I'm like, it's not always yeah. the case. Yeah. You know?
2: Well, and I think as a, as a human beings, we want to figure things out. We want to fix things. We want to have an understanding of things and we can't always we does some things. There's just no understanding, you know, mm-hmm. for sure with that. Um, so yeah, like like I said, with people that I know, there's there's a, a loss, and still some of them to this day um, struggle, like you were, you know, with mm-hmm. with that and and regrets for for not doing more. And it's not, I think uh, it's probably you don't feel that, and I could be wrong. You tell me all the time. But there may be things like with grief. I mean, mm-hmm. big part of that, you working, being a workaholic, could very easily be covering. It's the way um, of dealing with grief. Um, and I think a lot of times with men, and, and I'm going to go off subject sort of a little bit, um, when couples have loss, A lot of times, well, of course, they always grieve differently, but a lot of times it's the man that works, 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 works. I've had a guest recently said that her husband went out and built a deck on their house. Instead, she wanted him with her, and he was just keeping himself so, 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 so busy so that the emotions wouldn't come and he didn't have to deal with the grief. And I think for you, it sounds like because the decision was made, you went the same path as well. Like, mm-hmm. just keep myself busy so I don't have to deal with these emotions. Yes.
0: Um, until we until we do, you know. Until they come out in the most <laughs> inopportune moments, like when you're in a restroom with someone yeah. you just met. <laughs> with a good friend now. <laughs> yeah, a great friend. <laughs> But it hit me in that moment though, right? Like things I hadn't dealt with and none of the discussion that we had in the class before that was about this or loss or whatever. I just had to tell you, well, like, I'm so glad you're doing what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. Don't, don't uh, choose another path <laughs> because uh-huh. I, I felt that if I had someone like you with the tools that you have um, mm-hmm. 10 years earlier, my life would, again, look differently, you yeah. know, um, I wish I knew then what I know now. And, yeah, you know, and we may have made a different choice and we may not have, you know, right. I think, um, understanding your grief, understanding your loss, having those tools and, um, you know, and somebody to say, Hey, I've space for you. You're okay. Mm-hmm. You don't have to deal with it right now.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Boom. Yes. And you need to deal with it because yeah. I, it would hit me. You're right. It would hit me in weird times. Mm-hmm. And it would be like, I would just be like, everything was great. Everything was going good. Or I had, I got an award or something. And I'd be like, ah, I rocked that. And then be like, but it's not enough. What's mm-hmm. wrong with me? What's wrong with me? That was always in the back of my head. What's wrong with me? Why am I not happy? Why am I not? Da-da-da-da-da? And it was that grief just kept bubbling just up there. until I mm-hmm. dealt with it. It was very raw, very raw, and I much more raw than I thought. Yeah. Yeah. You had buried it pretty deep, pretty, very deep. deep. (laughs) And I turned very red when it, I turned very red, like sunburn red when it came out when we started talking about it. Yeah. But I'm sure that that was,
2: um, well, healing and just a relief that it finally came out yes. and and I want to elaborate if we can a little more on that just because I think it is so so important for women to hear what you're saying um that you wish it would have been 10 years sooner that we would have met or even that you went through this this course that that we went through um this training this mindset mm-hmm. training and understanding ourselves and You know, um, and I've talked about that a little bit on the podcast. So it's neuro-linguistics that we went through to better understand ourselves and to also better understand others and help them. Um, But I think that happens a lot that people don't deal with it and they bury it. And so your life would have been different if you would have, probably. And the other piece of that though is you're right where you're supposed to be.
0: Yes, indeed. You know, you're sharing
2: yes. what you wish, you know, you would have done different. But we would have never met if that would have been different. You know, so right. it's like we're we're both right where we're supposed to be. And I love that you're sharing this on my podcast because um you don't want, and I don't want others to suffer because I'll say there was suffering there. i mm-hmm. would be taking words, you know, that aren't no, correct. You can you're exactly sure right. That, um, for as long as you did, without um, dealing with that grief.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. And anyone listening to have those tools. It does, it's like a weight releases off of you, you mm-hmm. know, not to have full on guilt, not to have, no, I'm not saying that I don't still get sad about it or mm-hmm. don't still have feelings about everything. It's just different. And I can't explain it in any other way than it's lighter. It's not as heavy. Um, it's not like a deep rooted physical feeling anymore. Um, and I've learned to communicate a lot differently. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And you're yeah. right. We're exactly where we're supposed to be. And hopefully, you know, I know you're helping other people and I hope my story helps too.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I know it will help those that are, that are grieving for one. And those that, you know, are struggling with the infertility. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a big piece of it. People don't understand, society doesn't understand how people can grieve something that they've never had or grieve due to infertility. And it's really because there's these dreams, there's these desires that have been a lot of times with women since they've been very young. Mm -hmm. And they're never going to fulfill those dreams and wishes um, that they want in many cases, not all cases. And so, yeah, the grief is there. And so people don't get it. Like, how can you grieve? How can there be grief? Well, grief is from any loss, Mm -hmm. you know, loss of a dream, loss of a job, loss of a car, loss of children, miscarriages, Mm -hmm. it's all. It's all loss and grief is tied to all of those things. And I'm not saying all those other things to discredit you know your your miscarriages, but that's trying to understand the mm-hmm. that there's loss there. yeah, tremendous loss absolutely with infertility absolutely, yeah, yeah. So, I would like to give you a couple of minutes to kind of summarize you. Given some words <laughs> of kind of encouragement, if you would have known, um, you've said like maybe we should have. Um, just wrap up some words of encouragement, some insight for that woman oh. that's early in her uh, infertility. Journey mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. early and just very raw in that in that loss, that mm. second loss, that third loss. Yeah.
0: What would you say to her? What you choose in this moment isn't your choice forever, right? Mm-hmm. Don't second guess yourself, and give mm-hmm. yourself the grace to heal. You know you need that time to re- recuperate um, and heal but don't, don't beat yourself up for the choices that you make, right? Whether you try to spend a million dollars or more on infertility drugs, or, um, you choose not to, you know, those are your choices, but you're not defined by them. Mm -hmm. And there are tools out there to help you in your loss. So I love that. I love that couple things i don't know if that's profound enough i i I, I have so many more words i want to say i just don't know how to say them really um you know uh i i think surround yourself with positivity Mm. and don't don't sit in the grief alone yeah yeah
2: find your right the right people too. um I think you had Mm -hmm. mentioned that earlier, you know, Mm -hmm. surrounding yourself with, with those right people.
0: Um, And you'll know who they are or not when you meet them and that, you know, if you, if you speak your truth and they don't adapt well, find, find new people. (laughs) (laughs) And I think,
2: and I think that's key right there. Speak your truth.
0: You Mm -hmm. know,
2: when someone says, you know, oh, you didn't want children, just tell them. Yeah. Yeah. No, I did. I did want children, you know, Mm -hmm. and this didn't work out for us. Yeah. And you don't have to go any farther or you can just say, you know, whatever, whatever your story is. It's Mm -hmm. so important to share your story. For you. Don't worry about. As a society, we worry about how others are going to perceive what we say. Yeah, we don't want to be hurtful. And we Mm -hmm. need to, a lot of times as women, take our own consideration in mind that Mm -hmm. don't take that all on and hold that all within you. Just share your story and say what you need to say to heal you, to help you. Um, We know we need to take care of us. We hear it on the airplane. Take care of yourself first before you take care of others. Yep,
0: that's right. Oxygen mask.
2: Yeah, take care of you. Take care of you for sure. And I think we as women, we we don't. We already talked about that over and over. Yes.
0: We are more worried about my husband. Yeah, I'm more worried about my husband. What my mom would think. What like you know all the yeah. things. You mm-hmm. yeah, you need to worry about you first, and what you need in the moment, and what you're gonna need in, you know, again six months, a year, however long it takes you. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. I love that.
2: So many good nuggets that you shared with us. All good <laughs> nuggets um, for the listeners um, and anyone that is, is going through infertility or loss are, are picking those things up. Um, great things to share. So Terry, I love that you um, said yes to <laughs> sharing with me on the podcast because I know that this is was very impactful for people and that people are going to get a lot of good nuggets and um, benefit from you sharing your story, as well as I know sharing your story is helpful for you
0: as mm-hmm. well. Very healing and thank you. And I appreciate the opportunity.
1: If you have enjoyed this podcast and found it helpful, please consider sharing it and if you do share it on social media tag me so that I can personally thank you because I really do appreciate uh, you sharing it and this really is the best way that we can connect and support others on this journey and also if you can take a minute and write a review or comment on this episode or ask a question Those are the ways that I can continue to create valuable and supportive content for you and the other listeners. And of course, if you have not yet connected with me, I would love for you to find me on social media. On Facebook, you can find me at Teresa Werner-Reiniger. On Instagram, Teresa reiniger And on both Instagram and Facebook, you can find me at Living After Grief. If you need support, and are feeling alone on your journey, I am here to support you. I am looking forward to being with you again next week. So continue to share your story to help others feel inspired and to give them hope on their journey. Until next week, have a peaceful and blessed week.